Thank you for joining us for the True Life Fellowship Church podcast. Here is today's message from Pastor Devon Alexander. Open your Bibles to 1 Chronicles chapter 4 and meet me at verse 9, 1 Chronicles chapter 4, and meet me at verse 9. And the word of the Lord says here, Now Jabez was more honorable than his brothers, And his mother called his name Jabez, saying, because I bore him in pain. In verse 10, Jabez called on the God of Israel, saying, oh, that you would bless me indeed and enlarge my territory, that your hand would be with me and that you would keep me from evil, that I may not cause pain. So God granted him what he requested. In reading this passage of scripture, I thought it was very clear and very uh, unusual, I should say as well, that if you read 1 Chronicles chapter 4, it goes through the lineage starting at verse 1 all the way down to verse 8 about who begat who and who's the father of who and who's the son of whom and who is the daughter of whom and so on and so forth. And then it gets to verse 9. And in verse 9, Ezra, who is the author of the Chronicles, stops. And instead of continuing on through the begets, he pauses and he says, Now Jabez was an honorable man. He gives us some detail about Jabez. And and footnote, I think Jabez is a cool name, by the way. Jabez, that's a cool name. And so he gives us some detail about Jabez. He says he's an honorable man. And then it talks about Jabez's mother experiencing pain while birthing him. And then it goes on to a prayer that Jabez has prayed. And then if you continue on in verse 11, he goes on, Ezra, the author, and continues to talk about the begats and who's the father of whom and who's the son of whom and so on and so forth. But he pauses here to illuminate Jabez and gives us a little insight of this man of God. Now, nowhere else in scripture do we hear about Jabez. We don't hear from him again. We don't hear from him in the New Testament. We don't hear from him later on. We don't hear from Jabez, except Ezra thought it was so important to stop his lineage and tell us, who Jabez was and is. And he starts out saying that he's an honorable man. So he tells us from the beginning, the end of Jabez's life. He's an honorable man. And then he goes on and says that his mother birthed him in pain. And that's why his name was Jabez, because his name was that I may not cause pain. Or sorrow, another name for Jabez is the word sorrow. And so we understand that Jabez's life starts off pretty rough. I mean, how many people's life has started off pretty rough? If you're honest with yourself, you may understand how your life has started. Matter of fact, my life started in Oxford, Mississippi, one of the poor states in the country, one of the poor cities in the country. It does carry Ole Miss, a distinguished school there, and by the way, but one of the poorest cities in the country. My mom had me at 
18, 19 years old, right out of high school, with her high school sweetheart, uh, single mom, they never got together, single mom, and she has me in one of the poorest cities, in one of the poorest states in the country, and my life started out under the, uh, what, what is it, under the, the yeah, under the radar, you can say that, but um, what's another word? Y'all help me preach this this morning. Started out behind the eight ball. How about that? And it started out that way. Well, if you look at my mother's lineage, my mother had a rough start. She was born in Chicago. And uh, she was, after she was born, she, she was born, she had multiple brothers and sisters. I don't know the exact number. And I'm going to tell you why I don't know. Because after she was born, she was babysat by a friend of the family. And that friend of the family stole her and moved to, guess what? Oxford, Mississippi. Now, we're talking about in the 50s. There ain't no social media. Let's find, I've got a missing baby. Let's find them. We're talking about a black family. And we ain't nobody going to take time. To go look for a missing baby, no cell phones. And she was taken. And she grew up with a single mom. No dad. Single mom in Oxford, Mississippi. She didn't even realize this story until she got into her 30s. Talk about a rough start. She found out around 21 that her last, that on her birth certificate, uh, the mother who raised her, who was a great woman, by the way, she raised, I knew Granny, and Granny was good to me and us, and Granny was a great woman. She found out on her birth certificate that other people's names were on it. And that's when she realized that, wait a minute, Granny is not my mom. Talked to Granny about it. Granny didn't want to really talk about it. How many of you know what I'm talking about? She tried to talk to some friends about it. Nobody, everybody was tight-lipped. Nobody really wanted to talk about this. Then as she got a little older, she started wanting to do more investigation on it, and everybody had passed away that knew the story. Now, I didn't mean to go into this detail, but let me tell you something interesting. So she goes to Chicago, and she steps into Bill Winston's church in Chicago, and there's a lady, now get this, there's a lady in the church that says, you look just like some of my family members. She said, well, that could be, that, that could possibly be the case. I was born in Chicago. I don't know my other family members, so on and so forth. They got to talking. And she said, after church, let's run over here, this, that, and the third, and we're going to meet with the person. She ends up meeting with the person, come to find out through conversation that she was related to that lady. And there was family, and then she was able to connect, get this, with the family. And she found out she had a lot of brothers and a lot of sisters. I don't even know the exact number, but she had a lot of brothers and a lot of sisters. My mother never met her biological mother. And she never met her biological father. Never. Never met. You're talking about a rough start. You know you get your identity from your father, 
And this is why I think the enemy is after fathers, because our, we find children find their identity from their father. And she never met her mother and father. Rough start. Rough, rough start. And you look at my story, single mom, rough, rough start. But we find in between Jabez being an honorable, respectable individual. This is what Ezra says in 1 Chronicles 4.9. And his birth, his start, that he was also a man of prayer. Uh, not only was he a man of prayer, he was a man of boldness of prayer. He was a man that didn't limit God. And in verse 10, we see that he says to God, oh, that you would bless me indeed. Now, I want to pause there for a second, because here's a man of prayer and of boldness of prayer. And this man prayed what was in his heart. He prayed what he desired to see. He prayed big, bold prayers. I don't know who I'm talking to in here, but I know some of you feel like me, that you are tired of the everyday, mundane, day-to-day, hour-to-hour, week-to-week, month-to-month type of living. Who am I talking to in here? You just tired of that. You, you, are, you want to see some notable miracles. You desire to see some un- infallible proofs of the mighty power of God. You desire to see things that most people couldn't even explain. You desire to ask questions, I wonder how that happened, and you see it come to pass. Who am I talking to in here today? All over it. You desire to see these things. You want to see these things. And I've been pressing in over the last few months, uh, truth be told, this entire year, pressing into God, saying, God, you are a big God. You are a powerful God. You can do anything. I know that you are able I know that you are willing, and now I stand in the gap because I want to see the miraculous. I want to experience the impossible. I want to tell the good news of your greatness to people. I want people to ask me, how did that happen? And all I can say is, my good God does good things for me. Come on, somebody say amen. Amen. Now, Jabez is this man. He's saying God, bless me indeed. And so I want to pause here for a second before I go any further. Many times religion has taught us that we can't pray for what we want to pray for. Religion taught you that. And if your parents taught you or your grandparents taught you that, it's because religion taught them that. And you only can pray what the will of God is. And then they'll tell you that they don't know what the will of God is. And so I can only pray the will of God, but I don't know what the will of God is. And then religion will tell you, you only know the will of God after something happens. So your cat got run over by the truck and that was the will of God for the cat. And that's how, this is how we determine the will of God. After something happens, that is not the truth. 
You can know the will of God before something happens. Matter of fact, you're supposed to know the will of God before something happens. And so I boldly declare to you to pray for whatever you want to pray for. Let me say it again. Thomas, you going to help me with this? I boldly declare to you to pray for whatever you want to pray for. Amen. Pray for whatever you want to pray for. And so let me back up here. So I had the opportunity uh, a few years ago. Uh, I was connected with a fighter by the name of Daniel Cormier. He was a UFC heavyweight champion, UFC light heavyweight champion. He held both belts simultaneously. And by God's grace, I was connected to him and he would fly me out to all of his fights. And he would fight two or three times a year. We would go to all these cities. He would he would pay for Stacy and I to go. He would cover the bill because he said, man, I want you at every one of my fights. So I would jump on a plane and I would fly wherever he was fighting at in that city. And we would go right before he would go towards the arena to get in the octagon. He would call me. He would say, will you pray for me? And I would pray over him. We would hold hands and I would pray over him and I would pray a variety of different things, but I would end the prayer a lot of times with this statement. I pray that you are quick, that you are fast, that you are sharp, that you are strong, and that your hand will be raised at the end of this fight. I pray that all the time at the end, that you are quick, that you are sharp, that you are fast, that you are strong, and that your hand would be raised. Well, I ended up talking to another pastor. He asked me how it was with Daniel and, and our times together. Oh, footnote, we, we used to spend a little time talking about the goodness of God together, too. It was just before I wouldn't just come in and pray. We would talk about, look what the Lord has done. Look at this opportunity God has given you. A lot of people would want this opportunity, but God saw fit that you've got it. And you go out there, you know, so on and so forth. And then we would get on and, into prayer and he would have to go. And so I ended up talking to a pastor about it. He said, how are things with Daniel? And I said, things are going good. And he said, man, that's awesome you get to pray. And I said, man, that is, a, that is a blessing of the Lord that we get to travel around and pray over him and, and then go to the fights and see the fights and enjoy the experience. And he said, what do you pray? And I told him a little bit. And I said, always in with you're quick, you're fast, you're strong, you're sharp, and that your hand would be raised at the end of the fight. By, but by God's goodness, I think I prayed over him what, about eight times and seven and eight times his hand was raised at the end of the fight. Hallelujah. That had nothing to do with his skill. It had everything to do with my prayer. No, I'm just joking. No, no, no. <laughs> and so this particular pastor, he, he said, well, you know, you can't pray for him to win. I said, what do you mean? He said, well, you can't pray for him to win because you don't know the will of God. And I said, well, first of all, how do, how do you know what if I don't know the will of God and I want? But, but two, why can I pray for what I want to pray for? And he said, well, what if the other fighter had another minister and they were praying over him to win too? I said, I would hope that would be the case. <laughs> and so I said, I said so let, let, let me get this straight. I said, this man spends hundreds of thousands of dollars to prepare the fight, to train, to get his body right. He pays for Stacy and I to go to every fight, put us in the hotel. We pray over him, and I'm supposed to pray that he doesn't win. 
He's like, well, no, no, no. You just need, you just say, pray that the will of God be done. I said, I said, no, no, no. I said, we can pray the desires of our heart. And this is what religion, this is religion telling you that you can't pray for the desires of your heart. I said, we can pray for the desires of my heart. And I said, and if I get up there and he is, everybody, he wants, everybody on his team should be rooting for him to win. Am I right about that, Brian? Everybody on the team should be rooting for him to win. I'm on the team. I, I am rooting for him to win. And I'm going to pray that he will win. He was like, oh, no. See, you could be, see, you could be out of the will of God if you pray that way. And that kind of teaching and that kind of instruction has caused people like you and I to just simply live day to day without supernatural power from God. We're living day to day with our dreams and our visions unfulfilled. We're living day to day thinking that I can't think too high about something and I can't ask God too much about something. And so therefore I need to know my place because I don't know what the will of God is. But thank God that God saw fit through Ezra to tell us the story of Jabez because he said, Lord, bless me indeed. Somebody shout, bless me indeed. That means greatly bless me. That means increase me. That means give me more than enough. That means give me more than I can handle. That means show me another way that I can be a blessing. He shouted, bless me indeed. Now, the bless is a spiritual positive force on your life. The blessing is what causes you to increase. The increase is not what causes you to be blessed. No, the blessing causes you to increase. And if you can increase with the blessing, you won't have no sorrow. Now, there's a lot of people today increasing without the blessing. And they're committing suicide. Millionaires committing suicide because they're increasing without the blessing. But Proverbs 10, tells us the blessing of the Lord maketh rich and he adds no sorrow with it. And Jabez said, bless me indeed. Greatly bless me. Increase me indeed. Give me more than I can handle for myself. Bless me indeed. And so I was talking to a guy. And he, he told me a story. This past week, we went down to Fort Worth at the Southwest Believers Convention. And uh, one of the guys was transportation for Kenneth Copeland Ministries. And, and one of this particular guys are the ones that were picking us up from the hotel and taking us to the airport. And so we had transportation back and forth from our hotel to the airport. But this one particular guy said the Lord asked him to go and serve at KCM but it was during the COVID thing and his job told him, if you come back, you're going to have to quarantine for two weeks and you're not going to get paid. And so he was like, man, I need to get paid, right? How many of you know we need to get paid? <laughs> I need to get paid. He said, but God's telling me to go down to uh, this convention and to serve. And he said, you know what? I'm going to obey God. I'm going to go and serve. And when he goes down there and he, he serves a man that he was that he was taking back and forth to the airport, Gave him a check for $2,000. Glory to God. He didn't know this story. The man said, the Lord told me to just give you this check for two. Thank you for serving. It was enough to cover the two weeks when he came back home. Hallelujah. Glory to God. 
Now, 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 here's the part. When I heard the story, I said, thank you for telling me that. And, and I was excited for him. But I want to be the man cutting the $2,000 check. Somebody, who am I talking to in here? We, we always are on the receiving end. And it's good to be on the receiving end. Bless God. But until you understand that you can be on the giving end of that. I said, Lord, when he heard the story, I said, Lord, I turned to Stacy. I said, bless me indeed. Let me be the one cutting the checks, meeting the needs of your people, ministering to your people forever you see fit. That I've got so much more coming in that I am going to utilize it to bless you, Manny. Come on, somebody shout, bless me indeed. Hallelujah. Now, you, now you got to start this on the level that you're on. It could start with $10. Lord, I, I'm going to, I want to be a blessing. And that man, I know he needs 100, but I got 10. I'm going to give him $10 because I want to be a blessing. See, when you start that way, God will start giving you extra. There was one particular time I went and I, I spoke at a church and it was, you know, no financial agreement. I don't go speak at churches for financial agreements. I go to preach the word and whatever the Lord says to do for them, you know, let them do. But this time, I mean, th this guy asked me to come at the last minute. I went and then I get a check in the mail and it was for more. It was for it was for a lot of money, <laughs> more than I thought, you know, that that, you know, anything. I mean, they they just blessed me. And it was it was extra money. We weren't we weren't depending upon it or or we needed it for anything in particular. And I remember grabbed the check and I showed it to Stacy and we rejoiced and said, "Praise God! What a what a what an offering! Praise the Lord! They they honored me and my presence in the place and so on and so forth." And the Lord said, "This is not for you." I thought, "Oh Lord, we were about to do some things with this money, right?" Lord said, "This is not for you." And He told us there were two people. They needed this money. We cut it in half and we send it to one and we send it to the other. Matter of fact, I'm going to tell you because the Lord's telling me right now to tell you. It was our parents. Sometimes you got to honor, honor your folks. It was my, and he said, cut, cut half of it to Stacy's folks, cut half of it to your folks and tell them you just want to be a blessing to them. And, and, we experience more blessings ever since. We, we have experienced so much more. See, that's that, that's that enemy trying to get in. But I, I will not be moved. I will not be moved. And we've experienced so much more when you just set yourself up to be blessed indeed. And when you get to the place where it's not just for you. Matter of fact, I want you to get your mind off of just blessed just for me. I want you to start wanting to be blessed to help other people. God already promised to take care of your needs. Go on and just get the blessing and more and increase so you can help work with God and taking care of other people's needs. Let me say it again. Work with God. God wants to work with you. I told the Lord several years ago, I want to be his go-to guy. If you want me to help someone else in this earth, call on me. I want to be the go-to guy, and, and I, will, I will promise that I will help that individual. If you bless me indeed, I can be a blessing to humanity. Come on, somebody shout, bless me indeed. Bless me indeed. 
that means you will be greatly blessed. Say greatly blessed. Greatly blessed. Say I am, I am. Greatly, blessed. greatly blessed. Amen. You are blessed to be a blessing. Glory to God. And Jabez wanted to be blessed indeed. And the next thing he says is enlarge my territory. Glory to God. He's saying, give me more land. How many of you would, would, would like some more land? Glory to God. Give me some land. Uh, matter of fact, enlarge means to expand. To, to increase my vision. How many want some increase of vision to, 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 to do more, to see more, to have some clarity, to, to be broader in your vision? He says, enlarge my territory. Uh, free me from paycheck to paycheck living. Free me from this nickel and dime job. Free me from being stuck in a box. Free me from this limitation and, con and containment that I have placed myself in. Enlarge my territory. Expand the way that I think. I want to see more. If I can see more, I can do more. If I can see the invisible, I can do the impossible. Open up mine eyes so that I can see. This is the prayer that he prayed. But tradition tells us, no, just, just don't pray for yourself. You know, don't, don't ask God to do anything for you. But we have forgotten that God wants to work with us. Say, God wants to work with me. Work with me. This is important. He's not gonna, he doesn't want to do it without you. Uh, matter of fact, in Luke 6, 38, it says, give and it shall be given unto you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken, got it running over, shall give unto you. Man, he wants to work with humanity. He's not raining money down from heaven. That would be counterfeit money if he was. He's not, he's not raining money down from heaven. He's going to work with humanity. And you and I are, are his body. And so if he wants to bless humanity, he, he's going to bless us greatly. And then he's going to enlarge and expand our vision. And he's going to enlighten and illuminate things that we can see so that we can be a blessing. Come on, somebody say enlarge my vision. Somebody say expand my clarity. Glory to God. Jabez is praying this prayer. He says, bless me indeed enlarge my territory. And then he says that your hand will be with me, that your hand will be with me. So not only does, is he praying that he's blessed, not only is he praying that you increase his influence, enlarge also means to increase your influence. And let me say this, your influence is greater than what you can see. Your influence is greater than what you can see. Uh, that was, I think it was 2013, almost a decade ago. I got real sick in my body. I was losing a pound a day. Doctors didn't know what was going on. I was going, I had 103, 4 fever every single day for a few days. We didn't know what was going on. And I just got to the point where I, if the doctors don't know, I need God. Come on, somebody to step in. And, and deliver me from this. And this thing, it went 21 days. It felt like it went 21 years. But somewhere in this fight, 
I said, Lord, I'll fight this thing forever. I'll fight this every day of my life. I'll fight this thing forever. And if you're willing to stand forever, you won't be standing long. 21 days. I mean, it was long, but it wasn't forever. And when I set my mind up to fight forever, that that 21 days wasn't long at all. And so as I was fighting for this, I don't know why I'm telling y'all this story. Lord, help me remember why I'm telling y'all this story. So yeah, somebody need to hear. I just was fighting for this. I didn't go over my message. But as I was fighting, the Lord said to me, my people don't prepare for long battles. He said, teach my people to prepare for long battles. And we begin to prepare for longer battles. As you prepare for longer battles, your victory won't be as long to arrive. It'll come quicker as you prepare for long battles. Now, the Lord asked me to tell that story, and I don't know why I told it, but he'll bring it back to my remembrance. Let's get back to Jabez. And so the third thing he says here is, he says that your hand would be with me. How many of you know about the hand of the Lord? The hand of the Lord. Any any time the hand of the Lord is on your life, it is the presence of God and it is the power of God in operation on your life. The hand of the Lord will give you guidance. The hand of the Lord will give you wisdom. The hand of the Lord will give you his goodness. The hand of the Lord will cause you to do some things that you can't do on your own. It's the hand of the Lord that's on you. Elijah had the hand of the Lord on him and he ran faster than horses can run because the hand of the Lord was on them. In the Acts of the Apostles, the hand of the Lord was on them and they performed many miracles, signs and wonders. The hand of the Lord would be upon you. Jabez says, let the hand of the Lord be upon me. I want to possess everything that you've called me to possess. That is the hand of the Lord. Say, the hand of the Lord is upon me. Say it again. The hand of the Lord is upon me. And then he says that you would keep me from evil. Now, that word keep is the word protect or to guard me from evil. So not only is Jabez praying to be blessed indeed, he wants his territory to be enlarged. He wants the hand of the Lord to be upon him. And now he's asking the Lord to protect me, to keep me, to guard me, to keep me from evil, to watch over me, to, 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 to set a fence around me wherever I go and whatever I do, that you would keep me and protect me. You know, you can ask God for that. You can ask him for protection because protection is not owed to you. It's not owed to you. So you, we live in a dangerous, we live in a dangerous, difficult world. Y'all know that, right? This earth is dangerous. It's difficult to live in, but we can ask the Lord to protect us, to keep us safe, to guard us and to watch over us and to tell us where to go. Jabez wanted instant protection. He wanted complete protection. He wanted to be kept. And I love number five. Number five says, and the Lord granted him what he requested. The Lord granted him. So people ask him, what's the will of God? That's the will of God right there. The Lord granted it. 
That means the Lord gave permission for that to occur. The Lord caused it to come to pass and it came to pass in Jabez's life. The Lord granted him protection and granted him blessed indeed and granted him enlargement and the hand of the Lord was on him and he granted him this bold request. This answered prayer tells us that God is willing, ready, and enthusiastic to answer bold prayers. He granted him the request. Now, Rachel, come on up here. Where is Rachel? Rachel is going to come up, and I've asked her to read a story that I think will greatly bless you. Well, put your hands together for Rachel. The magnitude of the request. Napoleon and his soldiers overcame an island in the Mediterranean Sea. They had fought for many days to take the island and finally succeeded. After the capture of the island at the price of many lives, Napoleon and his generals gathered for a celebration. As they were sitting around a table talking about the victory, they were interrupted by a young officer. Napoleon looked at him and said, What do you want? The young man looked at Napoleon and said, Give me this island. The generals began to laugh. They could not believe he was forward enough to ask Napoleon for the island that they had fought so hard to win. They thought to themselves, who does he think he is? Anyone with the audacity to make such a request of Napoleon was certainly putting his own life at risk. But then Napoleon turned to one of his aides and asked for a pen and paper. He wrote out a deed to the island, signed it, and gave it to the young man, leaving his generals stunned and amazed. How could you do it? One of the generals asked Napoleon. What made him worthy to receive this great island? I gave him this island, Napoleon replied, because he honored me by the magnitude of his request. Praise God. Thank you. Give her a hand. Thank you, Rachel. Great job. Notice what Napoleon said. He honored me because of the magnitude of the request. This young man asked Napoleon for an island that was hard fought and they they won they got the deed and this young man was bold enough to ask him for the island he was honored because of the magnitude of the request if we look here at 1st John let's take a look at 1st John chapter 5 and look at verse 14 1st John chapter 5 and verse 14 It says, now this is the confidence that we have in him. Confidence is also the word boldness. That if we ask anything, somebody shout anything. Anything. Shout it again, anything. Anything. One more time, anything. anything. If we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. Look at verse 15. And if we know that he hears us, whatever, somebody shout whatever. One more time, whatever. Whatever we ask, we know that we have the petitions that we have asked of him. Hallelujah. So you can ask anything and whatever. And Jabez shows us that God grants big answers. In this story in Napoleon, we find out because the man asked big, God granted him The request, because of the magnitude of the request, God granted it. 
I submit to you that some of you are looking around like, why are things happening for this person? And why are things happening for that person? And they're not happening for me. And you ought not do that, but because you're doing it, let me go ahead and answer the question for you. It possibly is because of the magnitude of their request. It's possibly because they're asking for things bigger than you're asking for. And this verse tells us you're going to get what you ask for. You're going to get what you ask for. And so I've been asking the Lord for some big things, things that don't look like they are coming to me in the natural. I'm asking for some big things, bold things. Lord, bless me indeed. Hallelujah. Bless me indeed. I want to be a blessing. Bless me indeed. And John tells us we can have this boldness. We can have this confidence to ask for big things from God. Hallelujah. Some of you need to begin to ask the Lord to completely heal you. Not just simply, I pray my toe feels better. No, full restoration in your body. Ask for it. All of it, full restoration in your body. Some of you need to ask God for the boldness that it takes to step out and start that business. Lord, I want to start it. And, and you know what? Bless it indeed, Lord. Increase it. Ask him for big things. I, I believe that, that God in some way or another is sitting around saying, why are they just asking me for petty little small things? Ask me for some things that only God can do. I've been asking the Lord for things that only I, I, I only He can do. In the past, in the past, I, I, I think, I think we. Let me just say it this way: I, I think we don't think God can do it because we can't do it. So we don't ask big because, well, shoot, I can't do that. Well, God can't do that. And God's saying, that's why you need me. And so I've been asking for some big things, church, things that I know I can't do on my own, things that I know that I can't save as much money. I can't ever save that kind of money. Are you listening to me? Yeah, I can't I can't ever accumulate that kind of thing. I'm asking God to bless me indeed. Enlarge my territory, that your hand would be upon me. Keep me from evil. And scripture tells me, here's the will of God. God grants those requests. Hallelujah. If he did it for Jabez, he can do it for me. Hallelujah. And let's look at here, 2 Corinthians chapter 3 and verse 12. 2 Corinthians chapter 3 and verse 12. The Apostle Paul tells us in this passage of scripture, Therefore, since we have such hope, we use great boldness of speech. I just want to pause there. We have this hope. We have this earnest expectation. That's what hope is. We're expecting something good. Because we're expecting something good from God, we use great boldness of speech. Great boldness. Get bold about your request. Your request should be so bold that when you tell one of your family members, they should start laughing. Like, <laughs> Danica, you think God going to do that for you? <laughs> you said, that's when you know you've reached the level. 
that is outside of their realm of comprehension. Who am I talking to today? That you, I, I, I want to ask for some things that they just start laughing. Now, your close circle, you know, they, they should be standing with you. Yeah, that's going to happen for you, brother. Yeah, yeah, that's going to happen. But them, them all, them, you know, them, you know what I'm talking about? Them, 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 they, they should be like, who, Drew, who did they, you think God going to do that for you? Don't you know, Drew, that you was born, you was born under, you are pits, okay? And that don't happen for us. You say, I'm using great boldness of speech. Hallelujah. I said, hallelujah. When I was in uh, studying, when I was working in corporate America and I was studying for all of these financial licenses, um, there was one called the Series 7. And this was like a seven hour test. And most people failed this test. I mean, that was the thing. Most people failed it. And I was going into it, and it was a lot of study that went in for it. I was going in there trying to get a hundred, Lena. I'm trying to get all the answers right. I'm trying to get them all right. There were my constituents were trying to just get 70. Right? They were shooting for 70 because that was passing. And most people got a 68 on the test, by the way. So most people failed it. I'm going for a hundred. Well, I go for the test. I take it the first time I take it. And how many of you know I don't want to take that test again? It's seven hours. I only want to take it one time in my entire life. Okay. I go. I, I, I get like an 83 on the test. I pass. Glory to God. I was going for I'm trying to get 100. I told people I'm trying to get 100 on the test. My constituents trying to get 70. Guess what they got on the test? 68. Do you hear what I'm saying to you? Shoot for 100. Shoot for all of it. Ask God for all of it. Ask God for the bigness of it. Request all of it. Make your petition known for all of it. Then you'll land among the stars. If you shoot for the moon, you'll land among the stars. And you might even get the moon. Hallelujah. This is how you experience true life. Glory to God. You have been listening to the ministry of Devon Alexander, pastor of True Life Fellowship Church in Charlotte, North Carolina. For more information, go to our website at www.truelifefc.org. You can also support this ministry financially through our website. Thank you, and remember to love, learn, live, and lead.